Good morning. God is so good, amen. Let's give God a hand. He's so good, amen. He's so good. I was telling Garrett and Adam this and the staff this this week. It's been a special time in our worship services the last few weeks. God has been here, and we're excited about his presence being here. We're excited about all of you being here and all of those that are watching online. Welcome home. Um, if we haven't met, my name's Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here uh, today, and it's good to see many of you here uh, this morning, and I was sharing with Adam after the, after, before the first service that it's good to see all the Chiefs jerseys, and Adam's gone on to Cowboys jerseys. We welcome all college jerseys uh, for those that want to come. And no, no, hey, one thing we can agree on is that we're all Team Jesus, amen? Amen. 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 God is good. Yeah, let's give, let's give a hand. That's awesome. But we've been in a series called The Lord's Prayer, and, and it's from Scripture, and it's from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is using the template for how we're called to pray, and here it is. Let's read it together. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's the template that Jesus uses to explain what it means to pray as a follower of his. And he lays this out for his disciples. He lays it out for us. And today our focus is, let's read it, give us today our daily bread. And so really, the, the whole idea behind that this morning, when you study what it means when he's talking about, um, give us today our daily bread, it means that as we ask God for our daily bread, we are saying that he is the source for all that we need. Amen? Amen. He is the source for all that we need. He gives us just what we need when we need it for every area of our life. And this morning, maybe you're in here today and you've got some things going on in your life or you know someone who's got some things going on in your life. In fact, really, if we have our eyes open and we're paying attention and we care about people at all, we all know someone who's going through something right now. So let me just say this again for all of us today, wherever you're at. He gives us just what we need when we need it for every area of our life. Amen. So as I was studying this a little bit, I was reading some commentary about it, and this stood out, and so I wanted to share it with you this morning, kind of the meaning behind each one of these lines. It says, actually, the meaning behind this specific verse um, talking about daily bread. He says, we ask for bread, not delicacies, not superfluities, that which is wholesome. We ask for bread that teaches us honesty and industry. We ask for our daily bread, that which teaches us not to worry about tomorrow, but constantly depend on divine providence. We beg God to give it to us. The greatest of men must be indebted to the mercy of God. That is so good. Must be indebted to the mercy of God for their daily bread. We pray, give it to us, not to me only, but to who, church? To others. We ask for daily bread for others in common with me. This teaches us charity and a compassionate concern for the poor and the needy. We pray that today God would give it to us today, which teaches us to renew the desires of our souls towards God as the needs of our bodies are renewed. Let's read this. We could as well go a day without food 
as without prayer. Powerful meaning there today as we think about what it means um, to, to pray, God, give us today our daily bread. So there's a few things that we need to remember this morning. Um, most of us probably already know these. If we were to you know, put on a test, true or false, we would get this right. We would get this right. But the truth is, sometimes we need to hear it again and be reminded of it again. Here's the first thing. God will provide. Someone needs to hear that today. God will provide. And we, at the same time that we're remembering that God will provide, we also need to remember that we are not the one who provides for us. We should have got a heartier amen on that one. <laughs> we are not the one who provides for us. Amen. That's the truth. And sometimes we tend to want to do that. We want to be the one that provides for us and forget that God is Jehovah Jireh. Amen. The Lord will provide. Some of us may know the story behind um, this whole saying of Jehovah Jireh. But what happens is, is some of you remember the story of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah um, are old and they have not been able to conceive And God miraculously provides with them a baby, a son, and they name him Isaac. I mean, you think about it, um, 90 and 100 years old, that's well past the years of really well doing a whole lot, but definitely having kids. If you're 90 to 100, God bless you. We're glad you're here. But there's not a whole lot you do at that age, and definitely childbearing is not that. And yet that's at the age where God blesses them with this baby that they've been praying for for some time. And as time goes by, God calls, God calls Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. So, I mean, I'm skipping some, but they make the trip to do just that. It even gets to the point that Abraham raises his knife to do what God was requiring him to do. And then God stops, stops this and explains that there's another way. A ram is caught in a thicket and he is to sacrifice him instead. And they named this place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And Abraham, let's read it. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Jehovah Jireh. Listen to this quote. Rest assured that the Lord who daily provides For the millions of fish in the sea and the myriads of birds in the air will not suffer his own children to perish for the lack of the things of this life. Folks, if God takes care of the birds of the sea, if God provides for the birds of the sea, if he knows the number of hairs that are on our head, if we can cut ourselves and it can be healed, right? It can dry up. We can do all these things. God will provide for us. And someone today needs to hear that. Stop trying to provide for yourself. That doesn't mean you don't work. We're called to work. But stop trying to think we're the ones that has all the answers. There are some things that we just have to leave up to God. Amen? Amen. So as as God provides for us, we have to be content with what God provides, right? Let's read that. Be content with what God provides. Now, I don't know what's in your house, but in my house, we have some picky eaters, okay? I won't call them out today out of respect for them, but I have some people, not all of them, but inside my house, I've got a couple of kids, one of them's not, who are picky, and you'll make something for them. You'll take all this time to make it for them. You guys know where I'm going with this, don't you? 
you make it for them. You put your blood, sweat, maybe not blood, but you put your hard work into this. You know, you just make it for them. The other day, one of them was going to school, and one of them doesn't like to eat in the morning, but one of them does. And I made them, with Pray 21 going on, I've been able to go home. And anyway, I made them a breakfast sandwich. I put bacon on there, eggs, cheese, but not too much eggs. You know what I'm saying? They don't like they don't like mayonnaise on their sandwich. Is anybody getting hungry? Yeah. <laughs> Rick's like, yep. So, and I had it just right so that you know, because they're trying to. I'm trying not to say their gender, but uh, they're trying to eat it on the way to school, and I make it for them. And you know, I didn't expect to thank you that day, <laughs> but then that evening, I'm like, hey, did, did you like your sandwich? And they're like, yeah. I wish you'd put sausage on it instead of bacon. <laughs> Work on that, would you? <laughs> and I wanted to say point number two to this person. Okay, let's read it. Be content with what God provides. And man, we can lose joy in our faith when we start looking at what God has provided someone else, right? We like how smart someone else's child is. We like how some other child plays basketball compared to our child. We like the way this person does this or that. Or we, we wish that one of our children was more like this child. We get into this place where we can start becoming dissatisfied with who God's made someone. And we can get dissatisfied with who, how God's made us when we start looking across the fence at someone else. Now... There's a difference, you know, in coaching sometimes, you're trying to get the most out of a player. You don't want them to be content. You don't want them to be satisfied. And I get all of that. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we're always striving to be more and more like Christ. But at the same time, being content with what God gives us. Man, there's a lot of joy in that. Listen to what Paul says. Paul can talk about this because Paul kind of experienced all different levels of this. And here's what he says. He says, I know what it is to be in, in need, and I know what it is to have. So we know right there, he kind of has both sides of this. He says, I've learned the secret of being content. Okay, I'm all ears, right? Ooh, girl, what's your, what's your recipe? You know, what's that secret? It's oregano. All right, well, great. He says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or right? Some of us, you know what it's like to be in college. Ramen noodles is pretty much it, right? Well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in? Here's the secret, he says. Let's read those yellow words. I can do all this through him. That's it. I can do it all. I'm versatile, right? Obviously, we're watching, some of us are watching a ball game tonight, but you want a player that can do lots of things. That's how they get on the field and stay on the field. If, they, if they're multiple, they can do this, they can do that. They can play different positions. They can do different things. The more multiple you can be, the more valuable that you are in a sports setting. Listen, Christ, through his spirit, has made us versatile. Amen? Amen. Think about that. He has made us versatile to be, handle, to be able to handle the valleys through his spirit, not us, right? Through his spirit to handle the valleys. Listen, this is true. To handle the valleys, to handle the losses. 
Not that we handle them perfectly, not that we want them to happen, not that we're looking for them to happen, but through his spirit, he gets us through those things. Through the mundane, and his spirit keeps us humble when we're having successes, because let's be honest, there are times where some of us have some wins through God, right? And Paul, he's experienced all of this. He's been shipwrecked. He's, he's, he's been all over the place with this. I could list all these different things. And he says, look, I'm not trying to brag here, but I know all the different situations that people are going to face. And let me tell you what the secret is. It's God. You see, we, Paul says I, can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Some of us remember when, the pe- when Moses led the people out of Israel, they're in the desert for 40 years. They had to eat something. There's not much out there. I mean, after a while, you get sick of eating lizard. I don't know if they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. And God provided something called manna, which would fall from heaven, and it was this white, fla- it was this flaky stuff that they would collect, and then they would eat it. And it was one of those things where sometimes they would try to stockpile this manna, but God really didn't allow them to do that. Because when you start stockpiling stuff, you start depending on the stockpile more than you do God, right? So what would happen is when they would try to stockpile it, I'm just being real, it's what the Bible says, it would get maggots in it. Seriously, if you read it, that's what it says. Now, the day before the Sabbath... God would allow them, God would send a double portion because they weren't supposed to collect on the Sabbath, but they had to depend on him daily. Listen to what he says. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out when? Say that again. Each day and gather enough for that day. Excuse me. See, God's system for manna kept them dependent on him rather than the stockpile. Come on. Uh, Not too many amens on that. Sometimes God gives us what we need, but he doesn't always give us what we want because sometimes when we get what we want, we depend more on what we want than on God. Right? Several years ago, my wife got into this show called Extreme Couponing. Has anybody ever seen that thing? I don't even know how many years ago this was, 10 or 15 years ago, and, you know, she got into it. I mean, so she's collecting all these coupons, and um, she, she came home one day, and I don't know how many bottles of shampoo we had, or <laughs> how many cans of okra or whatever. <laughs> all this stuff and she's looking at me like see I'm like yeah I don't like any of that but whatever (laughs) and man we kind of do the same thing with God don't we we try to store up we try to and I'm not talking about saving money or anything like that but I'm just saying we try to just depend on what we can obtain rather than trusting God for what we need that day my question this morning is who are you trusting to supply your daily bread are you trusting in the fact that that, that you're going to be able to collect it? Are you, are you frustrated that you can't collect it, that you're always living kind of day to day? Or are you just trusting that God is supplying for what, for what you need? We're called to plan. We're called to save. We're called to do all of those things. That's, I'm not just talking about money or food, but just in general realizing that this is the day 
the Lord has made. Amen? Amen. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. There's a restaurant, I think it's TGF Fridays, I think is the name of it, and you hear teachers, you hear people in general, right? I'm just waiting, you know, you even see shirts sometimes, you know, living for the weekend. And let's be honest, we're all kind of ready for Friday. I'm not going to, I'm me too. But man, when you think about God's plan for us, God's plan for us is not Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. God's plan is for us to be in his presence every day. Jesus is reminding them that he is our source. Um, Some of us remember that Jesus called himself the bread of life. It makes me think of that. Jesus has just performed the feeding of the 5,000 and he retreats to the other side of the lake. The people follow him to the other side and Jesus says, the only reason you followed me was because I fed you. Remember, he feeds them and not because you understand the miracle that I performed. They say, we want to be able to do what you do. And Jesus says, the work that God has for you is to simply believe in the one he has sent. God, I want to be the one that provides. I want to be the one, I'm an independent. You get where you are by earning it, right? But we all reach that point where we have to depend on God or someone else to help us at times. Jesus says the work that God has for you is to believe in the one he has sent. And he reminds them that scripture talks about their ancestors and talks about the manna. And he reminds them that it wasn't Moses who provided the manna. It was God. See, make sure you have the right bread supplier. Amen? Because sometimes we tend to think that our parents are the bread supplier or our grandma who's a strong person in our family is the bread supplier or our church attendance is the bread supplier or our giftedness is the bread supplier or our earning potential is the bread supplier or something that we're skilled at is the bread supplier. Jesus says those things aren't the bread supplier. I'm the bread supplier, Jesus says. Jesus is the bread of life. Be content in him being the bread supplier. So Jesus lays all this out and then he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. It's kind of similar to what he tells the woman at the well, if you remember that story. She's getting water. Listen, you don't have to keep coming to the well. I'm a... I quench your thirst. I'm living water. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Bread is itself a dead thing. But Christ is himself, what type of bread? What is that, church? Living bread. Christ himself is living bread and nourishes by whose power? His own. His own power. Christ is ever living Everlasting bread. Let's read that last sentence. Christ is ever living. Man, somebody needs that today. I don't know who that is. At times it's me. I'll go first, me. Some of us, we have busy weeks or we have some personal things going on in our life or sicknesses. Sometimes we have all those things plus some other things and we just get overwhelmed and we start thinking that 
God has stopped supplying us bread, or we have to supply our own bread, or we've got to go call Wonder Life. Is that the name of the bread or Wonder Bread or whatever it is? Try to figure out how to get bread. And God is like, listen, don't forget in the midst of your trials, temptations, and busyness, I am the bread of life. That was worth coming to church for today. Jesus is the bread of life. The manna did only preserve and support life, but Christ gives life to those who are dead in sin. The manna was ordained only for the life of the Israelites, but Christ is given for the life of the world. Aren't you glad today? We can have salvation through this living bread, Jesus Christ, who offers it to anyone that would receive it. We can have his Holy Spirit living inside of us as believers that gives us wisdom and knowledge and discernment and strength and his presence when we're going through hard times. Some of us know what it's like to go through some things that shook us to the core. And it wasn't a ball game that we wanted to win that lost. It wasn't some small little thing, but, but something big. And it was horrible and you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but yet in the midst of that, you felt that God was present. Amen? It's because he's faithful. He sustains us through every situation. So when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are saying, God, I want to acknowledge that you are the source. And I also want to acknowledge that I am not. And I also want to acknowledge that no one else is. Let's read that. Give us today our daily bread. Well, you know, the reason that we want to collect is because what about tomorrow, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily say in there why people are going out and they're, that God would send this stuff in the middle of the night and it would be on the ground and they'd pick it up and they'd eat it for the day. But, you know, the human humanity takes over and you kind of want to collect it for later. You know, maybe they had a kid like me when I was a kid. And he was like, well, he's going to eat more than everybody else, so we need to collect a little bit more here. But God wouldn't allow that to happen. Maggots would get into it, and it wouldn't be worth eating. Why? Because God was like, listen, if you start collecting, you're going to be able to depend on that collection. You're going to be able to depend on that stockpile. I want you to know there's no life in that stockpile. There's life in me, Jesus says. So here's my question this morning. What if you simply trusted that the Lord will provide what you need when you need it? I'm going to ask the, the band to come up at this time. What if you simply trusted that the Lord will provide you what you need when you need it? Let's read that. What if you simply trusted that the Lord will provide what you need when you need it? So here's my question this morning. In what area of your life, if you, if, if you can't think of any, then I don't know. But man, maybe there's somebody in here today that you're not trusting in what God can provide. You're doing the math and you're thinking, okay, there's only so much bread and so much fish and all these people need fed. And I don't really see how that's going to happen. Man, what if we just stop doing the math and just trusted in the master? What would happen if, if in your situation, maybe nothing really changed other than you trusted in Jehovah Jireh, 
that God will provide. Um, that's kind of happening right now. I don't know if you know that or not. Of course, we've been through Pray 21, and we've seen some, some prayers being answered. But my peers, my pastor friends, I've been getting these uh, Facebook messages. I actually shared one on my Facebook page this morning if you want to look at it. But I think it's a Wesleyan school. Asbury is a Wesleyan school. It's in Kentucky. And they had chapel like they always do. About three weeks ago, they had chapel and like spontaneous revival broke out. And they're still having services right now, three weeks later. I guess people are going home to shower. I don't know. But they had pictures of kids at 3.40 in the morning. This chapel is just filled with people. And there's repentance happening. People are coming to just breaking out in prayer. It's just been neat. It's been all over my feed from my friends that live out that direction. But man, you want to know how that, the right environment for that? Not that that always happens in every, but when people stop seeking what God can give them, or even what God, they want God to do for them. When we, I mean, there's times to pray those things. I totally get that. But when the desire of our heart is, is less about what he can give us and just wanting more of him, man, that's got to be on the right road towards revival. Amen. That's got to be on the right road to seeking God. When what would happen if we as a church would just say, God, you are all that we need. Hey, we've got prayer cards up here today. Um, Prodigal boards have a lot more names on them. I don't know if you noticed that. We also, Adam, did you have anointing oil also? We both have anointing oil this morning. If you'd like to come and be anointed today, or if you're online, just write in the comment section what you'd like us to pray for. You can do that. In James chapter 5, it says, if anyone's sick, that the elders of the church are to gather around them and pray for them, and the prayer of the, of the righteous is powerful and effective. We're not going to do anything weird. We'll just make the sign of the cross on your forehead and anoint you. Maybe you'd like to intercede for someone else this morning. Maybe it's not you that's sick or your marriage is not the one that's struggling or, or you're not the one that's praying for that job. But maybe you know someone it is. You'd like to be anointed today. That'd be great. But man, what would happen just right now if the Holy Spirit would just fall and God would just do great things? Wouldn't that be great? Amen? But we have to be ready and prepared for that. So let's stand together this morning and just seek His face.